Tracy Cook and this is a podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome challenges in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans who have risen above those adversities to become victorious that go on to support and inspire others to do the same. And today we're giving a voice to the wonderful and inspiring Wynne Charles up very early from the US. So I really appreciate this. I'm going to share a little bit um, about, about her and then I want her to tell her beautiful, inspiring story. Now, she has cerebral palsy and her mission is to help others with physical and mental disabilities to find their voices through written or spoken word and using um, today's assistive technologies as needed. A very, very important topic and a very personal story as well. So welcome, Wim, to the uh, Victim to Victory podcast series. How are you? Thank you, Tracy, for having me on. I'm well. As Tracy said, it's bright and early here in the U.S. It's 4 or 5 a.m. 4.05 a.m. So let's just make that a point. And this is my on-camera personality. This is my off-camera personality. This is my bad day personality. So let's rock in the mall. And as Tracy also said, I have a physical disability. Actually, let's back up. I have a physical gift. That being said... That physical gift is cerebral palsy. And the reason why I call it my physical gift is because I, in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, I put the blade stick up and out and asked um, a PT and a PT student, do you consider CP a.k.a. cerebral palsy, a.k.a. the gifts that won't go away, um, a bone and joint condition or a neurological condition. They looked at me and said, when you have a neurological condition. Now get over yourself and deal with it. And they didn't say get over yourself and deal with it. So I finished my PT session that day, my physical therapy session. And I walked out of the PT blinking back tears because I didn't realize what had happened that I was born with a neurological condition. I knew I had it since 87. I, I didn't even know I had it until I was in seventh grade in a private school. My biological mom dropped me off one day and she goes, she looks at me straight in her face. She goes, you know, you have a disability. And I'm like, huh? I have 
uh, disability, I knew something was wrong with me from the age of six. And I'm like, huh? What? What? I have, you know, you're now putting a name to what I figured out was wrong with me because when a soccer ball can't go straight and you go sideways with the soccer ball, uh, you try to kick the soccer ball straight after seeing all your friends kick the soccer ball straight and you almost go sideways slash fall over while kicking the soccer ball. You know something's right. You know something's not right. And so I'm like, huh? You are putting a name to a disability that I already knew I had? And she go, my mom goes, yes, you have CP. Now go have a nice day. I almost roll, heads almost roll. And I'm like, huh? You said you put, you have CP and go have a nice day in a sentence together. How about you have CP? Can I, can I hug you? Can I hold you? Can I help you? No. No, you have a CP. Go have a nice day. And then fast forward, she dies in 2010. And she dies of viral meningitis. And after solely complaining. And then fast forward again, my dad dies in 2019 of lung cancer slash organ failure. And so um, I'm like, huh? Lose, lose, the, um, lose the shining armor of my life, dad's little girl. I worship the ground he walks on. And for those of you who are wondering what I'm referring to, Go either listen to the um, storybook love out of The Princess Bride or go watch the whole movie, The Princess Bride, and you will hear that tagline, Worship the ground she walked on, aka I worship the ground he walked on. And so daddy's little, I was daddy's little girl up until very much my whole entire life. I, even though I love mommy, Mommy did the majority of the medical end of it. And Mommy and I had all spots and squats. And it's like, okay, Mommy does medical. All I associated Mommy with was medical. And I associated Daddy with soccer and Daddy with skiing and Daddy with um, call rides and Daddy with father-daughter conversations. And daddy giving me all the um, stuff I wanted, including a podcast mic, including an e-bike, including everything else. So I associated that daddy as daddy's greatest. Mommy on the other hand, icky medical. That's all she did with me. And so, um, and so when he died, I'm like, uh... There goes my life turned upside down again. And then on top of it, I um I got mentally I got emotionally and physically abused. My abuses don't 
think so. To this day, I just talked to one of them the other day, and they still don't think so. And they, when I say I have a PTSD because of the emotional and physical abuse um, that happened on June 23rd, 2019, the day after my 33rd birthday, thank you very much, um, they said, well, those feelings are silly. We just tried to help you. We don't think it was emotional and physical abuse. I'm like, yeah, it was. And my counselor reported it. By the way, I'm going to see a counselor. And so, yeah, it was. And my feelings are valid. And I still have emotional and physical abuse from it. And my witnesses will never forget it. And so that's my story. I'm in into it so with the the PTSD I mean when you've um been through so many obstacles and when you were mentioning PTSD um from emotional and physical abuse uh what kind of uh emotions and things do you live with and have to get through on a on a daily obstacle because of that well I have to um and Tracy, you're the first one to ask me this publicly. And so I thought about this, knowing that it's the Victim to Victory podcast, and I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, so what I have to do is psych myself up to get in the shower physically because they put me in, they put me in the shower against my will. They um, said that my aide that was working with me at the time didn't give me a shower. They said, I smelled. They said, I looked unclean. I looked unkept. They said, my teeth were yellow. They said, the kicker was, they said, you're not shaving under your armpits. And they sent so much money to take care of me that um, they wanted that money to go towards me. And that money was allocated towards me. Half of it was allocated towards me. The other half was allocated towards household bills to keep the house running. So in a sense, it was taking care of me, but they didn't see it that way. They wanted it all to go towards my physical care. But I have to psych myself up and I have to say I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm independent, I can do this. Every single morning when I get in the shower and uh, I creep to the shower slowly and I, I just haven't noticed me creep to the shower slowly, but before I was emotionally in, physically abused, I used to bound into the shower. And so um, I have to psych myself up. I say it about four times before we I enter into the shower and yeah.
And so that's um, how I psych myself up to get into the shower. Yeah, and I mean, we, we take that for granted, don't we? That, okay, we just get up, our day-to-day, we get in the shower. But when you're caught in that um, PTSD and those emotions and those thoughts are running through your head, just a simple thing that most people take for granted, like having a shower, um, can just set off so many triggers. And it's a, a therapy within itself to kind of get through each day to just be able to do a, a thing that most people take for granted win. And, you know, that's... Um, you. Uh, so did anything ever happen to, to these people? Was there an investigation? Were there... They, um, there was nothing that One happened them, to that? One of them was investigated... It was true that they emotionally and physically abused me. One of them I haven't spoken to in about a year, but I'm ready to forgive her. I'm ready to forgive her. Um, People have to be in the room when I forgive her, but they have to be ready I'm ready to forgive her because she was trying to do what she's... The reason why I want to forgive her um, when the time is right is because she was trying to do what she saw fit. And she didn't... I wish she would have made a plan with my aid and stepmom on how to help me. But I understand that I I need to forgive her because she's my family member. And even though the pain won't go away from being emotionally and physically abused and I won't have this woman hug me ever again, I just feel like it's right to take the high road and forgive uh, person. And do you think that's part of the healing process as well, Win? Because I know that that's such a, a powerful thing to hold that power, to give forgiveness to somebody else because it frees you, right? It frees yes. you. All it's not doing it for them. It's doing it for you. I've already forgiven my family um, for what they did because I cut, I cut my family family off for a year. I didn't speak to them for a year because of I wanted to, but my uh, I was afraid my abuser was going to be an earshot. Yeah. So you were always I, wondering whether they were going to su- you whether they thought you were going to say something or or uh, dob them in or something like that. So that was another added pressure to you as well. I just the other day I get just the other day I forgave my family. And are they and pleased they, about that? They were, but they also want to do something with me that I don't want to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I won't get into that. Nice, but nice. Um, 
they want to send me, well, I'll basically um, tell my audience what is happening. My family wants to send me to a home, a group home, because they need 24, I need 24-hour care and due to my cerebral palsy. And I I don't want to go into this group home due to it's all mix of disabilities, including cerebral palsy, primarily autism and Down syndrome. And even though I, um, even though I don't mind the roommate situation, even though I don't mind the people situation, I love the new people situation. I, um, I don't want to get stuck below my level. And so I'm trying to convince them that me moving to the East Coast is a good idea, but they just want this home environment because I asked them, I said, well, why do you want this home environment? They go, so you don't get bored and lonely? Well, bored I am not. Lonely, I am only lonely because of the pandemic. Mm. There's a lot of people, so, even without cerebral palsy, that are lonely in 2020. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're all lonely because our lives got pulled upside down. And so, yeah. Mm. So I'm trying to convince them that the East Coast is going to be better for my health and it's going to be better for my sanity. But we'll see. We'll see what they they know what I want and because um my father died in a assisted living home um that's one of the reasons why I want private duty care definitely and what's life like for many of our audience especially on victim to victory um if they're unfamiliar with cerebral palsy within itself what what is um uh what is a, a life like with cerebral palsy obviously you need a bit of extra care um there's different levels what what's life like living with cerebral palsy well first i'll give you a scientific definition cerebral palsy is a lack of oxygen enjoy at birth so there we go there's a scientific definition, and it's in the medical textbooks too. And so, what's like, what's life living with cerebral palsy? Well, this is why I'm up at four twenty-three in the morning because I um by eight a.m. my aides are here, and I need to turn on my persona of Let's do this. And so my aides get me dressed. My aides make me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My aides get me dressed. They take me to my appointment. And then I'm pretty much at my desk (coughs) from 8 a.m. to Noon, I take a break for lunch. I pretty much take a half an hour lunch break or a um, one hour 
a lunch break, depending on what I have going on. And then I go back to work. Then by about 3, 2.45-ish, they help me with dinner, and then they put my PJs on, and then I, nine times out of ten, say to them, I'm putting myself to bed because I have more work to do when you when the house is quiet. I um, typically squeeze in work, whether it's be journalism at work and whether it be schoolwork or whether it be podcasting work. Because you're doing such a range of things as well. So you're doing your wonderful podcast. Uh, you're doing a lot of different um, uh, different work. Talk us through about what kind of work you're actually up to these days, Win. I am a um, podcast host of three podcasts. One of them, The Amazing Voices of Teachers, which is a little bit on hiatus right now only because I am doing a journalism degree and finishing that up. I'll be finishing that up um, in February of 2022, if all goes according to plan, which so far so good. And then I'll, um, and then I do the artwork of CP, which comes out on every single Sunday. And I do that with my girlfriend who also has CP. She's been my girlfriend for 20 years plus. Her name is Danielle Coulter. She's also a full-time content creator, mind you. And then um, the one that I'm most known for and the one that, Tracy, you're coming on, is Ask When. And Ask When is my kitchen table conversation. And I just interview people and I host podcasts. And on good day, I get a thousand downloads. On a bad day, I get, well, right now, since we're recording this in December 1st, I get, this morning, I looked at my downloads. They're only 32, but that's at the beginning of the month. All in all, I get 11,000 downloads to 10,000 downloads per month. And all depends if people want to share the episode or people want to support me or, yeah. I think that is absolutely fantastic. You're inspiring and motivating so many people and you've been on quite a journey, quite a few struggles, and yet you still keep getting up, you still keep putting others first and you're not seeing disability, you're seeing ability, which I absolutely love. And so many people are drawing inspiration from that. And I'm so glad that uh, there are people like you in the world sharing those messages of hope, Win, because uh, the world needs it more than ever, right? Well, there's going to be one more journey. There's going to be one more journey. I, I am moving to the East Coast. By myself, with help, my stepmom and stepsister are not coming with me. And so that's going to be a journey in itself. <laughs> Moving during a pandemic, I got this, though. I got this, though. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun one. So if you guys don't hear from me in June, 
just now I'm moving and <laughs> trying to get organized on the East Coast. But you will you will hear from me in um, possibly the end of May, the beginning of June, and then yeah, you guys will hear from me. Just give me space and grace to do this move. Oh, definitely. That's a big move, definitely. And especially while you're doing a journalism degree as well. So you've got a lot of things on the go there. <laughs> you really have. And what yeah. kind of message would you like to leave our audience on today, Win? It's going to sound cheesy, but just do it. Just do it, the Nike um, slogan, because they say, yesterday was a great day to start a podcast. How about today? Or how about when you're watching Tracy's video? Fantastic. You're inspiring so many. So make sure you check out Wynn's podcast and follow her as well. She's being the change of the world, needs to see. We'll be sharing her link so you can connect with her and follow her as well. And I'd like to thank you so much. I'm so grateful and appreciated um, of your time here and sharing your journey and your struggles and how you've overcome them. And you can find our podcast on YouTube and Facebook group at Victim to Victory podcast series. And if you got value from today, please like, subscribe and comment. And I would like to leave you all with a message and a big thank you to Win Charles. She's changing the world of figure out who you are, do it on purpose and step into your story. Thank you for being a guest at Victim to Victory, Win. Thank you. Thank you.